Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike. I'm joined as always by the master of receipts, NYJ Matt. And Matt, the Jets have now fallen to seven and five after a tough, tough loss in Minnesota. Now, that's the, I, I mean, that's a tough loss. We always talk about like a, a look back on a year. For the past three years, every loss has been so painful and horrific. That's a normal loss in the NFL. It stings when you have four opportunities from the five-yard line to take the lead under two minutes. Obviously, that that very difficult way to lose, but they were competitive. They played well. The offense looked like a real offense outside of the red zone. The defense played well. Everything you could ask for, they competed, but it, it stings not having that W following the game. It was one of those games where it felt like the Jets were going to break through at some point, and they did not. Even the touchdown that Mike White scored, we had to do the whole, oh, it's he's he didn't score on the QB sneak, and then they had right. to review it, and he was clearly in. But man, those last, the like you said, I, I was looking at the, the win probability, and the Jets had like a 60% chance to win when the, they were on the four-yard line. Ooh, I kind of thought it would be more than that. Yeah. I guess it's because also the Ravens would have had a chance to score. Uh, the Ravens. I was just looking at fucking John Harbaugh. The Vikings would have had a chance to come back down and score. But oh, what a shame. I don't know, Matt. People are saying they're blaming this loss a lot on Mike LaFleur. I would argue, and allegedly the third and the third and one was an RPO. So it was there's an opportunity you could have ran the ball there. Mike White saw a, a stacked box. He decided to pull it and throw it at the end of the day you can criticize LaFleur for the red zone calls being a little too creative throwing too much they did have a very very good offensive game plan they had the ball down the field several times Mike I think you tweeted out the stat of, of like seven plus drives versus the Vikings three they yeah. the offense was fine but the game isn't on LaFleur it isn't on Braxton Berrios it isn't on um, you know, the safety game beat on one. Like it's it's not on that. It's on a team effort. There's a lot of things that were wrong, and unfortunately, they have to own it. It's not on any single person. No, and it, but watching the game, I thought the Jets looked really good. It felt like they were they're gonna do good things. You know, it feels like the defense is gonna fucking destroy someone, especially in the second half. You know, the Vikings really only had the one drive. That was it. The Jets had kicked. But three consecutive field goals, and then the Vikings came back down yeah. and scored a touchdown, um, which then the Jets answered with their own touchdown. But man, just you know, big plays. Garrett Wilson obviously was terrific, um, and he could have had. We were talking about it yesterday. He could have had over two hundred yards if if they connect, if Mike White and Garrett connect on that bomb in the fourth quarter. Bam Knight, huge run. You know, just Jets kind of need a chunk play. Bam Knight goes for forty eight down the left side. Um, I thought, you know, CJ CJ Uzama had a really big catch. I thought Conklin was disappointing yesterday. You know, obviously you mentioned the Berrios drop. It just it just things change so much. If Berrios catches that ball, um you look back and you're like, "Man, what a what a comeback. Team of destiny." I think Mike White played really well. I want to get your take on on his game. Yeah, Mike White was great outside of two plays. I think the long throw to Garrett Wilson isn't even like a bad play. It's not like he Overthrew him by eight yards, which you see pretty often, or underthrew close. him. It was just out of his reach, but 
you hit that different game. That's fine. And then Nanny just tweeted it out. And I talked to you about it yesterday on third and 10 on that final drive where the defense does a fantastic job forcing them to go three now and punt back the third and 10 where they're on the 19 rolls mm-hmm. out to the right. And you see him try to hit more and the ball's out thrown. Like at first you're like, maybe that was a catchable ball. Maybe he could have put it on the numbers, but yeah, then you watch after the first Elijah play with on the sideline where he didn't get the feet down. Exactly. And then you watch it back. Uh, Elijah Moore does a great job of getting open. Mike White doesn't hit him, but it was very odd at the third quarter mark. A lot of people on Twitter, a lot were like, it's not just Zach Wilson. You see Mike White is struggling. And, and in my head, I'm like, it, it is so different. The Jets had 23 first downs. The other highest total in the year was 21 in the first game of the year where there was, I think nine of them came in the fourth quarter on the final two drives when they were playing off coverage and the game was yeah. over. It was a very methodical team. Even the running game was okay in spurs with Zonovan Knight popping off for some big runs. Look, Zonovan Knight had 90 yards, so it's, you know, right. not a... I think one of them was a 40-yard run, too. The 48-yarder, yeah. 48-yarder. So I thought Mike White played very good. Compared to last week, he was fantastic. This week, he's very good. So back-to-back, good outings, and you have to keep that momentum. They are one-and-one under Mike White, and they have a tough road game in Buffalo coming up. However, Mike White played great in the rain against the Bears. He played good in the Dome against the 9-2 and team. So everything right now is looking good for the Jets in terms of Moving forward, I said that was not a must-win game, and people got really mad at me for saying that. It was not a must-win game, but winning that game puts you in the driver's seat. Now they are cruising with people two feet behind them. Right, right. It sucks, especially, you know, Bengals lose. I'm sorry, the Bengals won. The Chargers lost. The Patriots lost. The Dolphins lost. It helped the Jets a lot, especially the Patriots and the Chargers who are directly behind. So now the Jets still control their own fate, um, you know, going into Buffalo. But, you know, I'm confident for, in the Buffalo game. After watching this performance, this is finally a real team. The offense looks good. Like you said, there was a great stat that Nania put out where the Jets are averaging 38 yards per play with Mike. Jesus Christ. This is like your tweet before. We <laughs> that the Giants were 608 and like 100. That was a brutal tweet. <laughs> was, and I, I went into a meeting after. So I didn't, even, I didn't realize for like 15 minutes what I've done. <laughs> so the Jets are averaging 38 yards per drive with Mike White as their quarterback. That would have been the third best mark in the NFL this year behind the Bills and the Chiefs for his career. Mike White in his six games, 38 yards per drive. The Jets move the ball. And when you have that defense, I mean, my God, the Jets' defense is so impressive. The first drive that the Vikings scored a touchdown on was aided by three penalties that were questionable. Annoying penalties, especially so the first Jets drive, uh, you have Mims, look like he got pass interference against. Guy definitely made early contact. We hate pass interference. I'd rather them just never call pass interference if someone gets mugged. So I said, you know what, that's fine. But let's, and everyone had the same take, you know, that's fine, but call it both ways. The next drive, the refs come out and throw two. Holding calls, one on DJ Reed, one on Sauce Gardner, that were relatively questionable, if anything. And then Jordan Whitehead gets hit with the um, personal foul. Uh, I don't know if this is the first Viking drive, but whatever. It was one. It was either their first or second touchdown drive. So that's that's one drive. The other two drives, the Vikings scored pretty handily, but the rest of the game, how many possessions did the Jets have? They just shut them down in clutch situations, third down sacks. You know, making everything so difficult. If you get a first down against the Jets, it is you have to scratch and claw 
someone is all over you, you know, uh, Michael Carter's in your face, or you have to throw it against DJ Reed or Sauce, or this quarterback has to, Kirk Cousins has to roll out and, and run for 14 yards, evading three tacklers. So it's very encouraging. And I'm looking forward to the game in Buffalo. I think the Jets are, who are 10 point underdogs, have a very good chance right. to win. Ten, nine and a half, ten point underdogs. You're 100% right. I think the, the best thing that could happen, obviously, on a Sunday is a road win that puts you in a, a collision course for the playoffs if you win that game. There's another element to keeping that game tight. If you lose a game very similar to the Vikings game, but maybe, like, I really feel like the Jets should have won that game. To your point, having a 62% win probability, you, we want to hope you get that win. With a minute but left, yeah. If you keep Buffalo tight and you play them hard, you can leave that field saying, all right, guys, we are 7-6. and six. The urgency can't be higher. We need to take 2 out of 3. Maybe 3 out of 3. Out of three. I keep saying if you go into the final week of the year, one back from Miami, you are you control your own destiny in hopping them. Miami losing is huge. Now, Buffalo, I don't... I, I know it's an unpopular take. I don't see the Jets going in there and winning, but defense travels and special teams travel. So if this team can come and play like they did... And shut down Josh Allen. Who knows what can happen? It just feels like the Jets are really good. It really does. You mm-hmm. finally watch have confidence. I'm excited on both sides of the ball. I think they're going to score an offense. I think they're going to get a stop on defense. I am very nervous about the playoff hunt. I told you last night, you are more positive than I am. I still think it's a coin flip. I think the Patriots and Chargers obviously keep losing, kill yourselves. You know, not. <laughs> Literally, but like kill your playoff chances on their own end. Um, if they do that, the Jets will be fine. I do fear a scenario where the Jets have to go play a Detroit team who's been playing pretty well. And if you lay an egg, then your season's likely over. So it's I just not a it's not a uh, rollover game. Neither are the Jaguars. The Jaguars are, for most of you had a, pl- a positive point differential. I still I, think they do. No, that's it's very a cool close. thing though because. Like if you're a playoff team, you win those games. And Jets, if they go nine and eight this year and don't make the playoffs and drop one of those games, then you can look back at a, a ton of games this year that didn't go their way or went their way and, and say it's not this year. But here's my fear. And I'm not gonna be negative. I'm gonna be very positive. I think they can do it. I right now, if you're putting money on it, I think they're gonna do it. Nothing in the NFL is guaranteed. No matter how good your team is, no matter how good you think you are. Look at the teams right now in the AFC that aren't going to make the playoffs. And you're like, holy fuck, who would have thought that a team like the Browns, uh, a team, and obviously the Watson thing, but the Broncos, you look at these teams, like, how are they? The Packers, like, what happened? Why aren't they making it? I love the Jets roster. I love their coach. I love their GM. AVT comes back. Hall comes back. Whatever. Anything of not making the playoffs is a failure this year. It's a true failure. And at the beginning of the year, you wouldn't have said that. You would have taken 9-8 and eight and had a hard fall against good teams, but you need to make the playoffs now because next year mm-hmm. Jets could start one and four and then we're we're scrambling again. So you you need to take advantage of the opportunity. You don't have to win against Buffalo. Winning that game is amazing. But as long as they look good, Mike, and the defense is still humming and the offense is getting first downs, there's no reason why you can't go three and or two and one and put yourself in position where if you do win the final week, you can get to 10 or 11 wins and make the playoffs. It can happen. Yeah, and either I mean, if you would have said before this two game stretch in Minnesota in Buffalo, if you split that those two games, you'd rather beat the Bills anyway. So, good point. It's AFC team conference game. 
you know, the Jets are still in a good spot. And again, this team is, it's not a fluky seven and five. This is a legitimately good team that's hitting their stride at the right time, finding the quarterback that they needed. And, and now you can move the ball on offense. Garrett Wilson is on fire. Hopefully you get Michael Carter back. You know, the offensive line is playing pretty well. You, you know, the offensive line, you got to play well if you're going to put up, uh, you know, the Jets had 486 yards of offense yesterday and 466 yards of offense against the Bears. So, you know, you're averaging 470 yards of offense. You're going to go to Buffalo. Your defense is playing out of their minds. Let's go. You know, let's see yeah. what happens. I'm not so scared of the Bills anymore. I'm not so scared of all these teams. And the thing that we have to talk about is Mike White, the f- the franchise quarterback of the team. I think you'll have to play it out the final five, which is it's a very obvious take, right? Play it out. But my tweet yesterday of him averaging 308 yards per game, if you take out the injury game and how he would be first all time by like 80 yards in Jets history, <laughs> what I would do, and it really does bother me. I know people are like, oh, it's coach speak. It's political. He has to say it's the intent. But when Coach Sal after the game, or I'm sorry, today, Coach Sal comes down and says the intent is for Zach Wilson to play again this year. I didn't even see him say that. He said it today. He said it today. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's political. Like he, if Mike White keeps playing great, obviously he's going to be the guy. But no, he plays the rest of the year. That's it. But the problem is people are like, oh, if Mike White plays great. But what if he plays okay and they lose to Buffalo? If they move towards Zach Wilson against Detroit or the following week against Seattle, I promise you, I promise you, the amount of pressure on Zach Wilson to then perform when the locker room is on their ass and the fan base, it would be impossible and it'd be a full mutiny. I agree. Dude. It's just very frustrating. You go from in the two games prior, we just talked about the 470 yard average of offense in the two games prior, the jets combined for 413 yards of offense. So to, to make that move at that point, I will be very disappointed. I was not a big Mike white guy. I was happy about last year. I was at the Bengals game. It was so much fun. Made you know we made some ridiculous videos, yada yada yada. I two weeks ago said I'd rather Joe Flacco be the quarterback for these last two games than Mike White. You want stability, et cetera, et cetera, for a number of reasons. But you can't make that move at this point. I mean, the guy is is played well. I thought he was terrific yesterday. I know some people said he was eh. Some people made some comments throughout the game, but I mean, there were some big boy throws in there. It feels like the Jets are going to move the ball. The first interception was not really his fault. And then the the one at the end of the game is just a desperation throw. So obviously you need to get better in the red zone, but I mean, for God's sake, what does the guy have to do? He's throwing for 340 yards a game and the jets are moving the ball. You know, they have, they have 35 first downs in the last two. So I would be very, very disappointed if the jets move off him. If you're, I, I'm taking my chances now, this team, we can't, you, you can't waste this defense, no matter how many years, you know, you think you can compete for years and years and years. Exactly. Just, you just never know. You got to do it now. Got to do it now. And it's so cool because when when the Bengals game happened, it was a lot of oh, kind of check down, even though it's 400 yards, hitting the running backs a lot, whatever. And then today, end against the Bears, he showed that he can extend plays down the field. He can throw a 15-yard air ball to a guy that they can make a guy miss, which Zach Wilson cannot do. I don't even think the arm talent thing even matters anymore. Zach Wilson cannot read the field and go through his progression and have good feet while doing it. Mike White can do that. And all he needed was a chance. So there is a very real possibility. And people think you have to go three and one the four. I, I think you you want to. 
and you can definitely be in if you do it. But two and two keeps you alive. It really does, Mike. I know you don't want to finish it, but but two and two can happen. So you could be when, ten and yeah. You, I mean, you obviously have to beat the Dolphins, but yeah, you could be ten and seven. If the Jets go ten and seven and don't make the playoffs, I tip my hat. That's all you could do. You win ten games in the NFL, you should make the playoffs. Um, and even the other thing with Mike White, the Charles Davis was pointing it out on the broadcast yesterday. The accuracy on these swing passes, on these screens, everything is perfect in in stride. Guys move upfield with the ball. It's just a much. It's much more pleasurable to watch. It's an obvious thing. It's not scrapping and clawing and dying for a first down. You can't go from scrapping and clawing and dying for a first down to then putting up 470 yards of offense in the next two weeks and then go back to scrapping and clawing for a first down. You just can't do it. Yeah, I'm so I'm I'm, I'm thrilled about the progress. We it's right in front of us. That's why it's right in front of us. And they want to take it, they can take it and we can win. You can't rely on other teams to do it. So yeah, go three and two, go four and one, make this fucking happen. That's why I think we're gonna make the playoffs because it's a really good team. Think about 2009. 2009, the Jets were four and six. They they won two in a row. They lost the heartbreaking game to I'm sorry, they won three in a row. Then they lost their heartbreaking game to the Falcons that everyone always talks about, where Rex and Kerry Rhodes came out after the game and said that the Jets are mathematically eliminated. I was gonna tweet about that today. It's the best. It's the best. It always even at that point, it felt really bleak. You know, you need a couple of things to happen. The offense is just not at the level that this offense is at. There's never a chance the Jets were gonna put up 486 yards in a game. You know, Sanchez that year threw 12 touchdowns and 20 picks and threw for like 2,400 yards and he played 15 games. Um, this team feels really fucking good. So good at luck. every level, though, Mike, that's a, on the defense. Think of the defense on every level. You have four guys up front that can get to the quarterback. Huff, Lawson, Williams, JFM, and then Jermaine Clemens. Like a, 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 Clemens getting carted off and then coming back in the twice. game is hilarious. He I, got carted off twice. Is it that season or in the game? No, in the game. He got carted off two separate times, they were saying, and then came back. And I think he got a sack or a tackle for loss or whatever. On the play, Quinn almost died. Jermaine is a very, also, Jermaine is a plus run defender right now. Every time there's like a, a wrap up where they get one yard, he gets his legs. So I love it. We know how good our corners are. We know that. Quincy Williams, Mike, can play on my football team every single day. I don't care about the PFF coverage, whatever. He murders people. He decapitates quarterbacks. He is the coolest guy you can have on your team. One to two times per game, he hits someone where you're like, that probably would be a personal foul, but he 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 does it the right way. So Perfect, I uh, I love him. Yeah, dude. He again he is the leader uh for this year's Harvey Langey Psychopath of the Year award. So oh, I have to tweet that out. I remember I remember having a, an award. It was the Mike White, Pete Guerrero award of people that got cut and resigned, <laughs> and then Mike White might be a franchise quarterback, which is hilarious. It's unbelievable. You never know. Look, this it looks like that. So I'm high on White. I'm high on the Jets. I think the Jets are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, watching that game, just felt like, it felt like they're going to win the whole time. You know, you're losing 17-3. There's some doubt, 20-3, some more doubt. But just f- figure, like, the defense is going to get some stops. Mike White can't be stopped. Unless it's in the red zone. <laughs> we also have a franchise kicker, by the way. Dude, Greg's leg. What a, another good move. People are saying cut Greg Zerline week one. We have to have some patience, folks. Could have just kept Nick Fulton for the last 10 years. Hopefully they keep Greg the leg. Yeah, I think I think it was a... I know you have to run probably in a minute. Yeah, I got to go. I got to go play basketball. But it was a good quick rip. We'll be back. 
We're we gonna put it we'll out tonight. Back. We might be back this week, early, yeah, early yeah. next week. I have uh something I'm trying to trying to put in the works. Nice guest. Yeah, we're trying to figure out. We just keep doing twenty to thirty minute pods every week and having fun on Twitter. But there is some type of path that we need to bring on cool guests and do something crazy. I have Gary V and Revis follow Gary V, Revis, and Makai Beckton follow me. One of them and has to come on the pod. I DM'd Revis and Gary V one time. Like, yeah, like big fan, like like very whatever. No answer. Makai has yeah. answered. Like Makai and I are are good. Um, so maybe we'll try to get one of them on. If we get Gary V or Reeves, it'd be hilarious, but I don't foresee that happening. Maybe we should put like minimal effort into what we do. And then we'll be that, that's what we that's what we've been doing. Yeah, it just works out. We, we, do, <laughs> we put we do the bare minimum. My dad taught me to strive for mediocrity. Life lessons. That's a great, great way to end the pod. All right. <laughs> Talk to you soon, buddy. All right, man. Jet up.